Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. My name is Austin Fontenot, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Luminous Church. And another thing I get to do, which I love, is I get to hang out with college students on the college campus because I'm one of the campus directors here at San Antonio at, over UTSA as well as Northwest Vista. So I get to hang out with them and love on them and really just teach them how to walk with Jesus as, as someone once did that with me. And so it's just an amazing opportunity. So today, is, it is College Sunday, and I'm excited to preach about College Sunday, right? It, it's, also, it's also Labor Day, but we, I mean, Labor Day is all right. You know, it's cool. But College Sunday is, is, is an opportunity for us as, as a church to really celebrate, you know, the furthering of education, one, but two, it's what God is doing on our college campuses and what he's going to do in this next generation. And so I'm excited because what God did this past weekend with UTSA versus UIW, it was 7 versus 35, and so we got that W for our first game. So maybe you're not a UTSA fan, but, you know, hey, you got to rep where you're from, right? So UTSA. You know, degree 2014, maybe. But the thing is, it's, it's clear, right? As you, as you walk into our space and at Luminous Church, and one of the things that you notice is that there's a lot of young people here. Uh, and mainly college students, and, and that's partially for two reasons. The first one is because it's within our DNA, meaning that we are part of a larger movement of churches called Every Nation. And what we believe in is this, is that we want to reach the college campus we want to reach the community, and we want to reach the world, right? And so that's one thing that's great is that we have this component, and that's amazing. And then secondly, on the local context, right, it's a part of our history. And when, and when I say it's a part of our history, I mean that Luminous Church was, was started with a small Bible study at UTSA almost five years ago, this comes September 14th. And we're going to be celebrating that next Sunday. So this is a quick plug for that banquet ticket. If you ain't get that ticket, you need to buy that ticket because you ain't going if you don't buy it after today because, I mean, this is it, right? And this is the thing is like, you know, if you're not a college student and maybe when I mean, you went to college, maybe it was years ago and that's cool and I, I'm glad you're here. I want to let you know this and I want to reassure you And this is that, yes, it is College Sunday. But the thing is, is that only because it's College Sunday, that doesn't mean the word does not apply to you. Because the word is something that applies to everyone, and it motivates us to actually do something with what we actually get from God's word. And so this morning, if you want to turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, that will be our theme text this morning. Maybe you have your Bible. Maybe it's the Bible app. You know, go ahead and open that app. You know, I know some of y'all's phones, you don't have an iPhone, so it may be froze or something. But I'll give you a couple, <laughs> a couple minutes to get situated. Um, but this is the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And, so, and this is what it says here in, in Luke. It says, he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on the count of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. 
So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be in the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen. And for some of y'all, this may be a familiar passage, you know, um, especially if you're vertically challenged like Pastor Ben and myself, right? You know, Zacchaeus was a, a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Um, but his story also has a song, right? And some of y'all may know this song, and I started singing a little bit of it. But if y'all, if y'all know the song, yeah, this is your opportunity to come with me and sing the song with me, right? Because last, last service, it didn't go too well because, you know, I didn't hit the keys like I thought I could. Um, <laughs> But it says this, it says, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up way up in the sycamore tree. Oh, I messed it up. For the Lord he wanted to see, right? For the Lord he wanted to see. And so the title of my message this morning is Make Room. So if you're taking notes, that's what you should write down as we dig in. And let us just pray together and to really allow God to do what he wants to do this morning. So if you don't mind closing your eyes with me as we pray. Father, we just thank you so much that your word is life to us. God, we thank you for your sacrifice and your pursuit after us. As you've shown us that, one, that you not only that you love us, but that that you have provided for us a means to have fellowship with you, God. God, help us this morning through your scriptures make room for you. Room for you to move. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this past week, as you know, a lot of the college students uh, went to school. And some of y'all know this because y'all have been driving around town. You've been in traffic even longer than the summertime, right? I mean, it's just crazy with the amount of students going to class. And uh, Pastor Ben, before the semester started, before Monday, he sent me this article to Jared and I. And it was a BuzzFeed article. And I don't really read BuzzFeed, but a lot of my students do. And, I mean, I was like, I just don't know why they don't read the New York Times or, you know, something else like that, right? Right, something that's a little bit more uh, relevant. I guess I feel that way. But, but yet they, they read BuzzFeed. In the article that Pastor Ben sent, it was nine things that every college freshman should know before they enter in or before they step foot on campus. And so let me, let me just pause right there because I know some of you are like, well, I'm not a freshman. I'm going to tell you right now that this does still apply to you. you know? And so this is the first thing it says. It says attend class. Like, attend class. Like, I mean, it sounds very easy, right? Just attend class, but attend class because I know some of y'all are so used to your mom or your dad knocking on the door telling you to wake up. And so y'all already had a week of just pushing snooze. And the thing is, that's half the battle is just showing up. That's half the battle is showing up. And so I think, I mean, for most classes, if you show up, and you, you may retain a little something that maybe you get a D, you know, maybe. Number two is student loans will have to be paid back. Believe it, believe it or not, student loans have to be 
paid back. And we were doing the at the movie series. We had this, we did Aladdin, and we had this amazing lamp. And you know, you know about the story, you know about the movie, the rubbing lamp, you get a wish. A lot of y'all are, are rubbing them student loans, wishing for some something great, like that new iPhone 10 that's about to drop next month. Or maybe you're trying to, you know, you get that student loan so you can go on spring break somewhere nice next week. Before you even make that decision about receiving, taking that student loan, know that you're going to have to pay that back with interest. It may be like three times as much. So do not just make those decisions like that. Thirdly, make the most of your free time. Like make the most of your free time. As college students, yeah, I think you are so busy. And, well, I'm going to be kind of quite frank with you is that you're not as busy as you think you are. You're really not. I mean, like, if you ask anyone who already graduated college, you're like, man, like, life is busy. I got a job. I got kids. I got a husband. I got all these other things I have to do. And so it's like, man, like, you have the most time in your life right now. Number four, keep an open mind and make new friends. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm from a small city, and, you know, I pretty much hung out with people who kind of look like me and, you know, short, cool, you know, maybe. Um, <laughs> And the thing was is that, you know, with that, like, you get so accustomed to that that, like, once you get to a bigger city, you're just drawn to that. But I want to I just challenge you this morning to get out of your comfort zone and, and really just, you know, befriend someone maybe that does not look like you. And you'll be surprised what God does in that moment or, you know, in that season. And so and maybe, just maybe, you'll be friends with them for about 10 years. And just maybe they'll end up being your best man at your wedding. And, and just maybe they end up being 6'4", like, like you wanted to be. Um, but, you know, they actually are. And so, um, and if y'all, some of y'all may know, I'm talking about Pastor Shaddy, Pastor Shadrick Bell. Uh, and then lastly is remember that you are the next generation of leaders. You know, that you are the next generation of leaders. And we really believe that if you change the canvas, that you will change the world. See, you may have the responsibility once you graduate to help shape the culture around you and help change the world. But right now, as a, as a college student, as you're here in this place and in this space, we have the responsibility as the church, as a body of believers, to, to really help shape your values. Help shape your values that is rooted on something that's more than just money or your occupation, but more founded on the person of Christ. See, our part of our goal here in this church is that we will make room for you as a, as a college student as you will only spend a season of your life here, which is probably one of the hardest parts of my job is seeing some of my students leave. But, but in those moments, in the season of you being here, that we hope that you will not only grow, but you will serve and then you will go. That you will go to the next place of your life. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's another city. But you will go with the mentality and understanding that you're on mission, that you're first a disciple, and secondary, you're whatever your title says you are based off your career. See, this big idea this morning, if you don't leave here with anything else, I want you to write this down, type it on your phones, whatever you need to do. Write it on your hand, put it on your neighbor's forehead, do something, because the thing is, God wants to reveal something to us this morning. And if you don't get this, you won't get nothing else. And this is the big idea, is that God wants us to make room for him in our life in order for us to have life so that we can be ones 
to give life. I'm going to say that one more time, that God wants us to make room for him in our life so that we can have life in order for us to give life. And there are three points I want to address as we're looking through the main text, and is this. Is the first one is room for the pass-through. Room for the pass-through. And number two is room for the rumors. And lastly, it's room for the guest. So let's look back at our main text and, and see what Jesus is doing here. It says, he, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. Everyone, everyone say, passing through. Passing through. Passing through. Come on. So through, is, it's a word used to indicate passage from one end or one boundary to another. See, Jesus was passing through Jericho, and as we read previous to, to Scripture, previous to this moment, that he was headed to Jerusalem. See, it was about an 18-mile journey. It might have taken him maybe six hours at minimum, depending on how fast he walked. But one thing we know about Jesus is this, is that everything that he does, he does on purpose, and he does for a purpose. See, Jesus was on mission. He had something in mind. He had a plan in place. He had a destination that he was going to. And this is just a place that he was passing through. He was passing through. So college students, I know that you came here to the university to come to get an education, to get maybe to get, plug into a fraternity or meet some new friends or find that girlfriend or that boyfriend that you're looking for. But the thing is that this season of your life, as you're thinking about passing through, that God wants to do something in the now. God wants to do something as you're passing through these last couple of years. Maybe it's, maybe it's him just changing lives around you. The thing is that he wants wants to do something in your life through the passing through. And there's so much that God does in the passing through. See, room for the passing through looks a little something like this. It's not looking to the destination that when I get to this certain age, maybe when I get a little older, I start walking with Jesus. It's more saying, God, that I know you want me to do something now in the place that you have me, and I'm going to do what you've called me to do wherever I'm at. I'm not waiting for later. I'm not waiting to when I get that job, to when I see your blessing, but I'm waiting. I'm going to see you do it now. I'm going to move now, and I'm going to move. I'm going to let you move in my life today. And this is the thing that a lot of us get annoyed and frustrated when plans don't work out, when things deviate us from our plan, our schedule, our destination, right? It changes the trajectory of your life. I get it. But sometimes we, we neglect what God is trying to do in the passing through. We, don't, we are just so worried about the circumstance. We don't see what God is trying to do in the passing through. Several years ago, as I was a college student at UTSA, uh, Bethel Music, which is a, a Christian uh, group, they were having a concert on the south side of town. And 
man, my, me, myself and all the college students, we're so excited to go to this concert. I buy the tickets for everyone. And, and then I'm like, all right, man, don't forget, you got to pay me back. You know, you got to pay me back, right? And then, like, not a lot of them pay me back. And so I know who you are. You owe me $15. I was expecting that after service. Um, but the thing is, it's like, man, I, we went there with this expectation to, to worship God. And, you know, and we were... I was there, and I was getting frustrated because I told people what time the concert started, and people decided still to come late. And I'm going to call those two people out right now because they're my family. It's my now wife and my sister-in-law. <laughs> and I told them what time to come, and they were strolling up late, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And they were asking where to park, and there was this massive field, and there's a police officer in front of the gate, and I was waiting for them to come. And as I was waiting for them, he started starting conversation with me. And I was like, oh, man, like, man, hopefully, this, you know, I, I'm not really invested in this conversation. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, people start asking questions. You got things to do. You ain't really worried about them at that moment. You know, and that's where I'm at. I'm like, all right, I'm trying to give them these tickets because I'm trying to go worship God here in a little bit. You know, God's over there. People doing big things in there. I'm trying to see God move. And they get the tickets, and, and then they're walking, you know, and they end up leaving to go inside the the church that the concert was at, and then the guy, as, as soon as they passed by, he says, like, man, I don't, I don't remember the last time I went to church. I was like, oh, man, that's cool. You know, I pray for you, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm trying to go, you know, see this concert. And, and then he starts going. He starts confessing things that is happening in his life. He's like, man, I'm having an affair with my wife, and, man, like, I'm addicted to drugs, and I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is a police officer. And he's telling me these things. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, man, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. But then after this, I'm going to go to the worship <laughs> concert because I came here. I bought the tickets. You know, I bought the tickets. I made time. You know, I drove all the way across town to be in this place to worship God. And I remember as I was thinking of that mentally in my mind, I remember God said, you're trying to go worship me in a place, but can you worship me with your mouth right now? And I remember this feeling so convicted. Because I was like, man, God, I'm sorry. But at the same time, I was like, man, all right, we're going to preach the gospel to this man. And I was able to share the gospel with him and tell him how Jesus died for his sin. And I remember praying for him. And I got his number. He got connected to a church. And a year later, we met up. He was still following the Lord. And he's preaching at his church. And he's really involved. And the thing is this, is that God is trying to do something in your life as you're passing through. That God is really wanting to do something in your life as you're passing through. A lot of times we're so focused on trying to get to the destination that we forget what God is through doing in the process. See, God wants us to make room for him in our life so that we can have life in order for us to give life. See, let's, let's jump back in Scripture right here, verses 2 and 4. In Luke 19, it says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. See, which brings me to my next point, just room for the rumors room for the rumors. See, no one would have guessed that Zacchaeus on that nice spring day would be going to see who this person of Jesus was. But Luke says this, that he wanted 
to see. He wanted to know more about this person of Christ. And the question is, why? Like, why will this man who completely goes against everything that Christ is teaching would want to know about who this person of Jesus was? And perhaps he, he might have heard of this conversion of this guy named Levi, who was a former tax collector, someone that we now know as Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples. He might have heard of this man, and maybe he even worked with him at time to time because Palestine was a pretty small place, especially for tax collectors. Your circles are a lot smaller because most people didn't like you. Most people didn't like you because you turned your back on your own people. And even the people who hired you to receive the taxes didn't like you either. But, that, but yet, they were still hired to protect you. See, tax collectors like Zacchaeus was especially looked down upon. They couldn't even worship in the synagogue or with anyone else. But here we see that Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house and befriends him. He befriends him. See, Jesus evidently had a heart or a soft spot for men like Zacchaeus, small ones, short ones, like me. You know, and if I was casting, you know, a movie, you know, based on Zacchaeus, I would call it the Z-Man. You know, the Z-Man, and I would cast Danny DeVito, you know, his 4'9 self as the Z-Man, mainly because his shifty eyes, his swagger, but he has this perfect little big man personality, right? Like, he's super short, but his personality is, like, way big. And I really believe, like, man, this is who Zacchaeus was, but in the midst of all of that, he was tired of his life. He was a restless little man, and he really desired to see Jesus, but we see that because he was so small, he couldn't see him. And I, I understand slightly because, you know, I, I've, I've seen, you know, concerts and standing rooms. You know, you're, you stand in the front, and, like, tall people are ahead of me. I'm trying to, like, move them out the way so I can see what's going on in the concert. So I'm sure Zacchaeus was getting elbowed in the head, like, man, like getting boxed out. But what's so interesting about this Zacchaeus, even though he was short in stature, he still had arms and legs. <laughs> he still had arms and legs, so that little man used those little arms, he used those little legs to run ahead and climb up that tree. See, verse 4 says that he ran up, he climbed up, right? And one thing that you and I need to understand is this, that some of your classmates, some of your neighbors, some of your coworkers, some of the people that you see as you're passing through, considered themselves trapped in the choices that they made, maybe, maybe their occupation, maybe the relationship they decided to get into, maybe it was the degree that they chose, and, and they're looking for a way out. And I want to submit to you this morning that Zacchaeus was looking for a way out, that he was tired of what his life looked like. And may this be, may be the person who looks like has, they have everything on the college campus, they have the friends, and maybe they're on the football team, and yet they still don't have what they're looking for, and they're looking for a way out. See, Zacchaeus, he, he heard the rumors and he wanted to see if they were true. See, as you're passing through 
Maybe, maybe you're a, a military person here, and we're so thankful for you serving our country, but maybe you're here just for a season, and maybe you're going to be shipped out someone else, and maybe you're passing through San Antonio for a little bit, but, but the thing is, is that people are looking and hearing the stories about the Jesus that you believe in, and they're curious to see if, if the rumors are true. And the thing is, is that those rumors can only be disclosed unless you open your mouth. See, people want to see if the rumors are true. And is that, it looks like this. is this us shedding light on what God has done in our life. See, your story is someone else's way out from their discontent. Your story is someone else's way out from their discontent. And maybe you're nervous about sharing your story about like, man, I don't know how to share my story about what Jesus has done in my life. And I get it, and that's okay. And, and this is why we have a training next week on September 10th, so you can put it on your calendar. <laughs> so we're going to have uh, Ernie Kruger come and just teach us how to engage our community, our campus, our workplace. But as I think about this, about shedding light on the rumors, I, I'm reminded of one of our college students a couple years ago. She was so excited about what God was doing in her life, and so she was just shedding light, just sharing her testimony everywhere, even to her neighbor. And this one young man by the name of Cody, he really kind of knew God, but really didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And in this moment, our, our student named Chantal, some of y'all know her, she was doing our communion this morning engaged him with her story and the rumors that he heard happened to be true and so he gave some interest in Jesus and we were really believing for God to move on our campus and even more so to start this weekly service on Sundays called U Church where a lot of our college students would come together and just worship the Lord and really just a mini church service and the idea was that like man we need we need money <laughs> We need money. We need equipment to actually have worship because we're tired of listening to YouTube videos. Like YouTube videos are like, they're great for a little bit, but then when you get that advertisement, it ruins the mood, <laughs> right? And so we're believing for, you know, equipment. And here's this young man. He decides to sell his curtain equipment, and he buys us all this stuff, speakers and microphones and all these other things so that we can actually have a worship service on Sunday, and it's that, it's that same equipment that we use currently in our, in our elementary room. See, the thing is, is that when you shed light to the rumor and start testifying about this Jesus, then people are wanting to see if this thing is true. And it's your story that's going to be the way out for them. So like I said earlier, when you make room for, for the rumors or you make room for God to do something in, in your life so that we can have life in order for us to give life, God just moves abundantly. And my last point here this morning is room for the guest. See, I first want to say this is that if you're a guest this morning at Luminous, maybe you're visiting or maybe you just looked it up on Yelp or Google I want to let you know personally that you have a place here. There's this room for you in this place. So room for the guests. In, in Luke 19, 5, 7, this is what it says. It says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. 
So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. See, the day that they're referring to are the, are the spectators, right, are the, are the people watching. And these are the ones who are not making room for God in their life. And because of that, they don't have life. And because of that, they try to suck the life out of you. And y'all know who I'm talking about. And these people here were the Pharisees, and they didn't really understand what Jesus was doing. But Jesus was going against everything they knew. And it says here, it says, he has gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And this moment, Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' home, and he didn't say, Zacchaeus, man, can I stay at your house? He said, hey, I must stay at your house today. See, Jesus didn't merely want to preach a message and talk about some theological, you know, interest. He was more concerned with the relationship that he was forming with this man. So he wanted to have dinner and have yeah, nice conversation. And this is what it says. It says that Zacchaeus joyfully received him. See, Jesus would only come into the house of Zacchaeus and into his life if invited, if received. See, he received Jesus first, and then that started the relationship. And this is what Charles Spurgeon says. He says it like this. He says, Christ will not force himself into any man's house and sit there against the man's will. That would not be the action of a guest, but of an unwelcome intruder. See, room for the guest. And to the crowd's amazement, there goes Jesus walking with this pint-sized kingpin. See, according to Palestinian culture, what, what that looked like is that Jesus, would, Jesus and his disciples would have actually spent the night at his house. And not only that, as a host... It was customary for him to provide water to wash the feet of his guests, and mainly just because of the walking, there's dust and dirt on their feet. But secondly, to symbolize this, like, hey, if you accept this feet washing, that what you're saying is that you have no ill intent against me, and by me providing this service, that I have no ill intent against you. Secondly, he, he provided food and shelter and water, and, and lastly, he provided protection See, Zacchaeus modeled what it means to, to host, and more importantly, to host Jesus. See, Scripture doesn't necessarily tell us the details of what happened at the slumber party, right? We don't know what happened. Like, what was the conversation like? You know, we don't know any of those things. But one thing we do know is the outcome. We know what happened after Jesus hung out and built relationship. We saw a changed man with a changed heart. And what's so interesting about this moment with Jesus and Zacchaeus is this, is that prior to this story, in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 28, there's another story about another rich man. About the, the rich young ruler, and this rich young ruler goes to Jesus and says, hey, what must I do to, inter, to inherit a, uh, eternal life? And Jesus said, obey the commandments. He said, I've done those for all my youth. He says, all right, now sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. And because he loved his possessions so much, he couldn't, and he left distraught and sad. And here what happens is that the disciples or the people around him are looking and seeing what's going on. And Jesus says this, that it's, it is impossible 
for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God, it's more possible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And then they ask, they say, who can be saved then? And Jesus responds this way, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And can I just share something with you that, like, God wants to use your dorm, your place, your house, or whatever you're living at in this moment to do something more than just lay your head down on the pillow. But God wants to make the impossible happen in those four walls in which you call a home. See, make room for the guest. Making room for the guest. Zacchaeus modeled that. And next week, we're going to be launching life groups. And life groups is an opportunity for us to build relationship, for us to eat together, for us to really pursue God and be a missional community in our home. And the thing is, is this, is that God wants to use your home as a place to do miracles, as a place to make the impossible happen. And maybe today, maybe you're thinking about, maybe I need to lead a life group. Well, this is your opportunity to say, yes, I want to lead one in my dorm. I want to lead one on the campus. I want to lead one in my house, in my workplace. I want to lead a life group because God wants me to make room for him so that I can have life, so I can give life. And this is what God is wanting to do. And as we begin to close, we're going to look at verse 19, I mean, sorry, uh, verse 9 and 10. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. See, Zacchaeus thought that he was seeking God as he ran so fast and climbed up the tree that he was pursuing God. And that's true to to some degree. But one thing we do know about Christ, like I mentioned earlier, is that Jesus does everything on purpose for a purpose. See, verse 10 describes Jesus' mission here on earth that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And it's amazing. This is something that we should celebrate for sure. But verse 9, see, verse 9 is key and is essential for everything we talked about this morning. See, verse 9 talks not only about Zacchaeus, but it talks to us this morning because while verse 10 talked about Jesus' mission, verse 9 describes Zacchaeus' adoption. And this is what it says in verse 9. He is also a son of Abraham. Meaning he's a son of the faith, that he's a son of the father. And Zacchaeus' story is our story. It's our story this morning, and I want to remind you this morning that it is this, that it is important to go on mission with God and for God and for us to make room for him through the passing through, through the rumors, through making room for the guests. But all of that is pointless. All of that is pointless if we forget that he made room for us in the family, that Jesus made room for the family, for us. And a piece of my story is that I was raised religious and I knew what, to some extent, the basics of faith to some degree, but at some point I lost my way. I became an atheist and I moved to the college campus hoping to reinvent myself, trying to find out who am I going to be, who do I want to be, 
What major am I going to focus on in, in the midst of that, in the midst of pursuing other things and the parties and everything else that I was searching for? There's still a void in me, and I was looking for a way out. I was looking for a way out, and it was a group of people as they were passing through the college, as they were passing through to get their degree. It was a group of people who shared with me about the rumors. It was a group of people who opened up their house to me to be a guest in their home. It was a group of people that through this process reminded me of who I was, that I am a son of God, and it's not so much about what I do, but not by my activity, but it's by my identity placed in him. It's about my identity placed in him. And in my hopelessness and in my despair as a college student who everything around him was going wrong, Jesus made room for me. And he called me by name so I can have a place in his family. And the thing is, is that as we, as some of us have placed our faith in Jesus and we know our sonship and our daughtership in Christ, let us not forget then the mission as he has called us to be reconciled for him, for his glory, for his word, so that people may know them, know him, and so that they can make room for God in their lives, so that they can have life in order for them to get life. Can we stand this morning as we pray? Can we go ahead and just bow our heads and, and close our eyes? I, I really believe that God's word is something that transforms lives. That you're never the same once God grabs a hold of you, once you understand your place in the family. But also, I also know that God's word should call us to action should call us to do something. And so this morning, if God was speaking to you about making room for him, so in order for you to have life and so in order for you to, to give life, and maybe you never heard it put that way before, and you're saying, man, I want that personally for me. Can you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Secondly, if you really feel like the Lord is moving on your heart, you're like, man, like, now, I'm sharing with my faith, and I'm passing through, and I'm being intentional, but yet I haven't yet opened my space for God to move through other people's lives. And I'm interested in maybe potentially leading a life group, and I want more information about that. If that's you, can you raise your hand so we can pray for you as well? And lastly, maybe, maybe you never heard the, the thing that God really made room for you, that Jesus Christ came down as a man and lived a life that we should have lived and died to death, that we should have died in our place and rose again three days later, saying, if any of you should believe in me, we'll have eternal life, and by doing so, you'll be saved. But more importantly by that also as well, that you are a son and daughter. If you never heard that before, and you're saying, I, this message touched me, and I want prayer for that. Can we pray for you? Yes, Lord. Father God, I just thank you so much that not only that you call us a friend, would you call us children? 
that we have a place in your family. And maybe our family wasn't the best of families, but God, we know that you know how to model a family. God, help us make room for you this morning. Allow us to really seek you, your face, and not so much anything else. But God, let us seek you and not look at the circumstances, God. Let us not let these years pass by without making room for you through the pass-through or the rumors or for the guests, God. God, transform our hearts today, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.